A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sophie. I'm Yelly. And this is She's All Fat. The podcast for fat positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. Now in our final season. This episode is our last book chat with friend of the pod, Julie Murphy. We're talking about fat fairy tales, reality TV, and Julie's new book, If the Shoe Fits. But first, our news corner. It's meal time. It's family love letter time. This week, we have a very special letter from Hannah. Hi, SAF crew. Your podcast was the first fat podcast I ever discovered, and it not only turned me into a fat activist, but a listener slash addict of many, many podcasts. I don't think I can count the number of hours I've spent listening to your content and reckoning with my experience in a fat body. It's been a lot. All of it has contributed to the confident, amazing person I am today, and I'm so grateful for all of the work you've done over the past four years. Hearing my story echoed back to me in your stories and the stories and experiences of your guests has been one of the most profoundly healing experiences I've ever had. Without this podcast, I don't think I would have come to accept my fat body when I did, nor would I have had the tenacity to fight for my own fair treatment or the fair treatment of other fat people. I'm still learning every single day how to cherish the only body I've ever had, and each week when I tune into the pod, I'm reminded why that work is so important. I will miss the show so, so much, but I can't wait to hear what's next for you all. Thank you from the bottom of my fat heart. Love you. That was so nice. Thank you for writing in, Hannah. And Hannah's who are listening, I hope that it makes you feel like a big part of this community to hear these too. We love you and your fat heart, Hannah. If you're inspired, click the link in our show notes to write your love letter to the family. Family, you know the spiel by now. It's your last chance to join our Patreon. The money from this season will be used to maintain our site and ensure you can listen to the pod long after our finale. When you join our Patreon at Team Paisley Moomoo or above, that's $7 a month, you get access to our legendary patron-only Facebook group, where people are really supporting each other lately through lots of difficult things. People have been posting, and people are sharing love, and so we're just sending lots of love to our Facebook family. Y'all have been really supportive. You'll also get a bonus mini-sode every Friday. This season, we're doing something new and exciting for these minis. That's right. We're doing a big sister mailbag. Every week we're taking your questions about living, laughing, loving, and answering like the big sisters we both are. This week we're shaking it up a little bit and doing the reading habits tag together. If you want to know all about all our chaotic reading things, join our Patreon. In conclusion, now's the perfect time to go to patreon.com slash she's all fat pod and make a pledge to help your fave fatties and future fat members. That's all our news for this week. Now here's the episode. Hi. 
Hi, family. I am here again with Julie Murphy, my icon, my friend, my uh, fantasy. I'm trying to think of all those like creepy movies that I think I'm trying to single white female here. Uh, friend of the pod, author of Dumplin', Faith Taken Flight, a million other perfect books. And that includes Julie's upcoming book. It is an adult contemporary novel called If the Shoe Fits. Julie, welcome back to the show. We got to talk last weekend, but tell everyone what you've been up to since we last had you on to talk about Faith Taking Flight. Yeah. So let's see. Last week we got to talk because I was doing like a virtual panel and you were so kind to be in conversation with me, but it was for Pumpkin, which is the last in the Dumplin' series. So So fun. So fun saying goodbye to those characters. So weird, but because I reread the books for that, and I read if the shoe fits this week for this convo, my head is pretty much just operating in your voice oh my right gosh. now. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. No, when no, you're no, like deep in a series, yeah. and you're just like everything in my head is like narrated by you right now. I don't it's even, really funny. I don't even read my own books that much, so <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I've like really blasted through the Murphy canon this week. It's pretty fun. I'm very impressed. Thank you. Well, they're easy for me to read. They're fun. Some books you have to read with like kind of one eye shut in case there's some fat phobia in there. But these are just, there's like candy. I can just gobble and I'm on up. That's exactly what I've always wanted to write was like gobble up books. Like, yeah, like great. If it's a classic one day, great. But that's not what I'm writing for. Like I want to. That's what they are. They're so fun. Gobble them up. Well, congrats on Pumpkin and like the completion of your Dumplin' trilogy, which is pretty exciting, I would say. Kind yeah, of cool. It's super exciting. Give a like brief pitch for people to read Pumpkin if they've only read Dumplin' okay. so far, maybe. So there's Dumplin', Puddin', and Pumpkin, and each of those books follow a different fat narrator. And this book is my first fat male protagonist. His name is Waylon Brewer and he is queer. Uh, He's big and tall with bright red hair and his grandmother calls him Pumpkin and he has a love for drag and uh, he has a love for a certain drag show like a reality TV show that's based off of one I'm sure many people are familiar with and he in this sort of like fit of rage one night ends up making his own audition tape for this show and then falls asleep with like the makeup smeared across his face kind of forgetting about it and the video that he creates the tape that he creates ends up going a little bit viral at his school on accident it's leaked to the public and he is nominated for prom queen as a joke maybe some people did it in earnest but mostly as a joke and he decides what the hell i'm gonna do it because I want to be a fat prom queen. <laughs> it's a it's a very fun ride. And it's a fun cap to the Dumplin' like trilogy that are like unrelated but related fat stories yeah. in Clover City. So I love it. I highly recommend picking it up. Is there going to be like a – I want there to be like a cute box set. That's I what know, I know. I know. I think – I feel like that will be like a – like an anniversary edition or like a paper like book re-release. edition. Yeah, yeah. That would be very fun. Okay, so let's get into the meat of it. Today we are here to talk about If the Shoe Fits. I'd like to note that you have very cute blonde hair right now in this phase of your life, and that kind of feels appropriate for this book. 
um, uh, can you give us a little synopsis of if the shoe fits and when it's coming out and all that info that we will repeat at the end of the episode, please? Yeah. So if the shoe fits is a Cinderella retelling that's actually being published by Disney. It's a first in a line of romantic comedies for adults or for older teens. And if the shoe fits follows Cindy, who is based off Cinderella. She's a plus size, recently graduated fashion student. She, for various reasons, doesn't have a lot of prospects and decides to return home to LA where her stepmother is a producer for a reality TV show that is a dating show, a lot like The Bachelor. And there is a last minute opening on the show and Cindy, on a whim, decides to step in and fill it. Uh, just thinking that, you know, it's something to bide her time with and she doesn't expect to find out that she's like quickly become this sort of like cultural sensation among viewers and also, of course, starts falling for the suitor, as we call him in the book. It's very (laughs) fun. I mean, okay, so having read this book, one of my favorite things about it is that like it's clearly a take on the Cinderella story, but it doesn't like there's not it's not like forced into it like there's fun little nods to things and like like for example i was wondering how you would approach the stepmother and stepsisters relationship because you know in the classic cinderella they're evil Mm -hmm. and blah 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 Mm -hmm. and you don't really have evil characters in your books usually you have people who don't understand each other or people who need to learn a few lessons that kind of thing yeah so i was interested to see how you handled it and i really like the way so if if I can spoil a little bit, the stepmom and stepsisters are not, they're not evil. They're just different from Cindy and they definitely love her, but she doesn't always feel at home with them, which I think is a perfect way to update and like make modern because like most people aren't actually evil. And if they were actually evil stepmom, that would be like the whole thing for the story. Right, you know what I mean? Right, right. But I love that like the whole classic Cinderella setup feels very fun and also like realistic it feels realistic in a different way than my one of my favorite movies a cinderella story starring lizzie mcguire yes oh my gosh i i think i watched that like four times like in the lead up to writing this book really it's, oh my god like hillary duff can do no wrong for me so mm, she's so good and i love what's her name who plays the stepmom oh yeah She's iconic. Jennifer yeah. Coolidge, is that her I name? I think so. I think that I is. Think so. She's just always like, what are you doing? I like, know. I can't do her voice at all, but it's so iconic, it's so and good. I love her. There's a TikTok floating around right now that it's like Jennifer Coolidge working at an Olive Garden and Kirsten Stewart <laughs> ordering from her. Oh, my God. It's really I need good. to see that. I need to send it to you. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I love this version of an evil stepmother, which is just somebody, an evil stepmother for like a modern fat girl is just someone who doesn't quite get her but loves her anyways and is like very into the like fashion and like reality tv world which i love that update can you tell us a little bit about what it was like working with disney and like as much as you can legally or like the things that you want to share (laughs) what it was like working with such a big company and also like using you know trying to update their intellectual property and one of the most classic ones It was a little bit daunting, a little bit terrifying. I go into any job with the idea that I'm not going to get the job. So I just say, like, exactly what I want to do without any fear. And then... I love that. 
And then it's great at the time, but then I have to deal with like the reality of what I said while also keeping (laughs) Disney happy because I've worked for Disney in different ways before, but this is my first time like writing a full length novel for them. And it was really a little bit much at times because we were launching like a whole new line of books for them. So there was a lot of pressure writing on this one. And then there's also the thing of having to consider that like you want to make like a realistic like adult romance but you also have to keep like the content like pg barely pg 13 leaning yeah so these were all like big things to consider but the things up front that i told them that i would change the cinderella story i was like i mean you're not coming to me to write a story with a straight-sized princess, obviously. So I'm assuming that we're doing this for a plus-sized princess, so that's obviously a requirement for me. Um, And then I really wanted to redefine the stepmother and redefine Prince Charming and make him, you know, more textured, more layered, more relatable, more flawed a little bit. And then the stepmom was always the one that intrigued me most, I think, because I always found the stepmom to be like very like harshly beautiful in a way. And I was always super intrigued by her. And I always even loved the stepsisters growing up, like how goofy and ridiculous they were. Yes. And I knew that there was a way to retell their narrative while making it like fresh and modern and not like overly villainizing them to the point where it was like cartoonish because yeah it's really hard to write a 300 page book and to just like vilify these three women and to do it in a justifiable way it's just not and also that's not your vibe no. like you don't write about evil women really no but i think that what i love about the stepmother is she's like this high-powered producer showrunner whatever you want to call it because i can't remember what it says in the book but she uh she really could be that villain to a lot of people in her life but we get to see her like in this slice of like home life where she doesn't want cindy her stepdaughter to go on the show because she knows how cruel and vicious the world can be and she doesn't want to expose cindy to that and so she's doing a lot of like that thing that so many people have done for fat people that they love where they try to protect them so extremely that it's like you know standing in their way of accomplishing something which for me is very relatable definitely and also like I think it's a very relatable moment because it's so like it's not coming from a bad place and I think a lot of people have people in their life like judging from the emails I get a lot of people have people in their lives who have they have a relationship with in this way where it's like they love them the people love their fat family members but they're not fat positive they're not like advocating for them they're trying to like protect them in this way yeah and that can be a really hard situation to navigate yeah I also I'm like now I'm just thinking about other iconic people who have played the stepmother role specifically Angelica oh, yeah. Huston in Ever After, which is another one of my favorite. Of course, of course. Favorite movies. I love it. So good. That's the kind of movie that like if it's on TV, that's my whole afternoon gone. It's watching. Yeah. It's on. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I love Ever After. Well, so when you were writing this, because it like is based on like a classic Disney thing and you're updating it, did you fan cast it in your head when you were writing it or do you ever do that? I mean... I did fan cast it, but with people I knew, if that makes sense. That's so fun. Because, oh, my God. Well, and especially because there's not a lot of plus-size actors out there. Yes. I mean, I really imagined, like, someone who looked like Jen Ponton 
you know, as Cinderella. Oh my God. She's just such yes. an iconic Cinderella. And I think since we're only a month out, I can tell you that she's narrating the audiobook. Oh my God, so fun. I know. I think that like the longer I've been in this industry, the more say I have with things. So I can start asking for plus size artists. I can start asking for plus size like audio narrators. Like I've got Joy Nash has done a few for me too. I love that. But yeah, Jen is really like, she's just got like this like fairy tale look in my head like she's just oh my god. such a cinderella to me that's so cool oh my god yeah she does look have exactly the right fan cast yeah, for this yeah. i would say and then like as far as like prince charming and all those people like they really for me like i just think so much about fat people and like fat people's yeah. stories that like so many of the straight size people in books for me are sometimes just kind of faceless like sort of like dream yeah. mode prince charming yes so he doesn't he doesn't have like a specific I don't have, like, a specific person for him or many of the other characters, but I think that maybe for, like, Cindy has, like, a a junior producer or something like that on the set that's sort of, like, a fairy godmother role who's sort of, like, this, like, queer gruff, like, butch (laughs) fairy godmother, and she, I I definitely see, oh, gosh, what's her face from Miss Maisel? I'm blanking. Oh, another classic Disney actress. Yeah. You mean... She was the teacher in Lizzie McGuire. Alex Borstein. Borstein. Yeah, Alex Borstein. Yeah. Yes, I love her. That's a perfect person I for this. Her. Yeah, yeah. She's, like, another great, like, plus-size, like, bit actor that I feel like no one ever Agreed. thinks of or notices, so... Oh my God. Okay. I'm so glad I asked that. I was talking to another friend about writing recently and she was saying that she started fan casting her script. And then that made me want to ask that of all my writer friends. Like, do you fan cast your own books? Okay. My next question for you, is this book a fat fairy tale? And what is a fat fairy tale? I mean, I think it's a fat fairy tale. (laughs) I mean, I think a fat fairy tale is any story that centered as a fat character that has like that, like... H-E-A, happy, happily ever after, seal of approval, you know? Yes. So I think and hope I write fat fairy tales in a lot of ways, but I, I do think that, like, this one is very specifically a fat fairy tale because it's got, like, that Disney seal of approval. Like, I don't know, there's just something so cool to me that, like, this is, like, a certified Disney retelling centering a fat Definitely. character. Oh, yeah. I mean, we gotta be along the whole spectrum from the, like, indie media all the way up through this. Like, this is fun, too, yeah, you know? Yeah. And it's very, it's certainly a very, like, I wouldn't say that my fat politics are rooted in, like, Disney coming around to fatness. You know right, what I mean? Right. Yours aren't either. But it is really fun to see this being published by like you know yeah a big thing yeah. and and like that happening and i hope that the reception is really good even if it's like a totally capitalist decision on disney's part because they're like oh you know body positivity and in turn fat positivity is selling like that's still yes. just that just that acknowledgement still shows that like we we are definitely dealing with like power right now well either way it it results in more shit for us which is what we want you know yeah it's like if they if they see that we're profitable that's fine i don't i'm not like arguing for that but like if they see it that'll result in more nice stuff yeah exactly you know what i mean exactly what do you what were some of the fairy tale tropes that you were looking to subvert or to reference in this book? I noticed a couple. I really put the fairy tale aspect on the back burner until I was revising because I just wanted to like tell a good story. I wanted to go into this with like just like a fun, like you know, a fun plus size romance, which is how it feels, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. Because it makes it makes the plot more fun, right? But as far as like you know, 
the the ones we wanted to subvert very specifically. Like we wanted to one big one was taking Prince Charming and really trying to like make him more than like this like like perfect knight in shining armor that could like come whisk her off her feet. Um so that was one big thing we really tried to grapple with. I think that just Cindy's mere existence subverts <laughs> a lot of what we know about yes fairy tales and all that but there were some great nods to to fairy tales and and the story itself she's got like these these triplet siblings that are a nod to like the three little mice yes they're so cute i think that her stepsisters are like ditzy without being like without it being like demeaning or anything like that so that was another one we really loved uh one (laughs) really ridiculous fun thing is we were trying to figure out how to work in the pumpkin carriage yes i was gonna bring that one up (laughs) and she uh when she's in new york city she gets into an orange van like an orange cab that's a van and there's this whole discussion about like don't get into what are you doing getting into an orange car they're not supposed to be orange they're supposed to be yellow like this might not even be a real cab like so yeah <laughs> yeah there's the line that's like well you can't show up to this party like in an orange monstrosity yeah. and i was like oh this is the pumpkin yeah. this is fun this is the pumpkin this is fun. yeah yeah and then like i'm not i i'm not a big shoe person i just like i'm such like a gimme like my crocs and new balance like i'm just <laughs> super basic when it comes to shoes but getting to like dive into this and sort of getting to like write as expensive of a shoe as you could or like things like that was really fun because i don't know here i am like thinking how i would yeah. never spend that kind of money on a shoe or something but it's a lot of fun to play with in a book it's very fun that cindy this protagonist is very different from you. She, like, is obsessed with shoes and she, like, wants to design fashion and she's, like, more out outgoing in some ways. And I thought it was very fun the way that you included, like, fashion and fashion designs because I know that's not – like, you like fashion, but that's not, like, your dream right, or anything. Right. So it's, like, fun to have this character. Also because it makes it more – instead of her being dressed up – she's like interested in what's going on her right you know what i mean right like it makes it more it makes more fun hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, I want to talk about the Bachelor element mm-hmm, of it all. Mm-hmm. So do you watch... The, are you are you in Batch Nation? What's your what was your interaction with the Bachelor shows before writing this? So before writing this, I had only ever watched um, 
the Lifetime show that's sort of like based on The Bachelor. Yes, Unreal. Unreal. And I loved that. I watched the first one or two seasons, I think. And I'm not, I think there's more that I've not caught up on. But that was like my biggest exposure to this. And that was why I was like, oh, there's totally a behind the scenes story here. Like we can totally make this work. So once I signed this contract, that's when I started like diving in. And I started watching some of like the earlier ones. And I don't know if you're a Bachelor person at all, but seeing... I'm not caught up on everything, but I have watched... I watch like a couple episodes every season and I have since Trista and Ryan, since the beginning. My mom and I watched Trista and Ryan together. So, you know, I'm not like... We don't like have watch parties or anything, but I usually watch the first episode and then from the hometowns on. That's what I watch. I think that you're you're doing it right, A. (laughs) But... I really got kind of swept up in it and just sort of fascinated by it because I think that like it's changed so much since those early seasons yes. and like people, there were people really coming on the show in the beginning thinking like, this is it. I'm going to find the love of my life. And now it's girls who are like, I just really want like a big brand deal Yes, with like, I don't know, Sheehan or something. That's why it's more almost more fun to watch in a different way now because I mean the people are the people themselves the love story itself is kind of lackluster yeah. which is why it's so fun that in the book a lot of Cindy and Prince Charming's realist moments happen you know when they're hiding away right. from the camera but it is I find The Bachelor so fun to watch in the same reason that I follow a lot of mommy bloggers which is like it's so it's such an interesting cross section of like performative white femininity especially mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like what America thinks women need to be doing right. and how you know it's just like so fascinating to me and also whenever like I liked that you nodded this in the book too with the the some of the characters where it's like yeah like they're fine if they get eliminated they're just gonna go like get 100,000 followers which is why which is the other thing I love is following them yeah, now yeah. after after all this is said and done it's like influencer olympics Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really. You know, there's been a lot of stuff in the Bachelor universe yeah. recently, of like you know, dealing with racism. And I just saved an, a long form that dropped that Rachel Lindsay wrote this morning, so I gotta Ooh. read that and catch up. Please send that my way. Yeah, I will. But I'm loving that they're like finally reckoning with some of this stuff. I loved Rachel. I am sad that she's had to like deal with the brunt of all of the like racial reckoning. Right. I don't know. I think the Bachelor is like such a fascinating like American phenomenon, truly. So in reality, there hasn't really been a plus size person on Love Island or Bachelor in Paradise or Bachelor. No, not that I know of. I mean, not in all the research I did at least, but yeah, I mean, I feel like there's some good opportunities to like get some good digs on, on like Bachelor culture and like what it's meant for like us as a society and like the ideas it perpetuates. But I also just wanted it to be like fun. Like I wanted it to be like, kid in a candy shop with like the like the pitch of the bachelor and that's what it feels like also because like i didn't really want to read about her getting like cyberbullied right you know what i mean so i was glad that wasn't in there i think in real life if someone fat was on there there would be a lot of that yeah a lot of that what do you think would really happen if cindy was on the bachelor um i think it would be pretty gruesome as far as you know the cyberbullying i do feel like though there would be like quite a large swath of people really rallying behind her. I agree. It would just be messy. Yeah. It would be messy. And also 
it would depend on if she was white, you know? Yes, which absolutely. And racism. And, and, and But, you know, there's, I haven't read this book yet, so I can't, like, like wholeheartedly recommend it. But there is another plus-size romance that came out called, I think, One to Watch. By, I think it's Kate Stame in London. But she really delved, like, in a totally different direction than I did into, like, like bachelor culture and because it follows like a a plus size dating show contestant. So that would be one for listeners to check out for sure. Is there anything else you want to touch on about if the shoe fits people, stuff for people to be excited about or to look for or how to support it? Yeah. I think that one thing that I really related to when I was writing the book was why Cindy really falls for shoes and fashion. And it's like that, like, like evergreen moment that literally every fat teenager has of like going shopping with their friends and constantly like circling the accessory stand or like, you know, if you're lucky to not have wide feet and I shouldn't say lucky to not have wide feet, but if you don't have wide feet, you can, you know, shop for shoes just about anywhere. And so that's really like the thing that like throws her head first into into fashion and so i that was my my access point for the book so it might be that way for other people too that that's you know they're how they relate to her but as far as like how to support the book i mean the best thing that you can do is to pre-order the book or order it the book the week it comes out on sale if you are not in the position to buy a book that is totally cool it is just as important for you to go and support your local library and also request that they purchase the book on audio and ebook and all those different places. So I think a lot of people don't know that, but say, but because they don't think that getting it from the library supports the author, but actually requesting it It from the library is a great way. Yeah. It's a really big deal. I mean, as a former librarian, I can tell you that like each book can be checked out a certain amount of times before they have to retire the book essentially. And so it's, you know, the more a book is circulated, the more it's purchased. Also just the more visibility we have in the library community and the library community is responsible for a lot of like professional review websites and things like that and awards and all that stuff. So it's really important to request it at your local library and is really helpful to the authors. And if you get a chance to read it, review it online, even at websites that you didn't order it from, like Amazon, because that's one that's unfortunately very important for us. So, Boo. Boo. I know. Okay, I will make sure to give my little reviews, places, and to finish up, I wanted to read this little quote. I think, like, one fun thing about your books is that they feel they always feel very safe for me to read. Like I I always know for sure I'm never going to be upset. You know what I mean? I'm never going to like like upset in the way of like somebody somebody's not going to say a fat phobic thing and I have to be like, "Okay, I have to ignore that right. to continue reading." But also, I think you have a very gentle way of inserting fat politics in that's like makes the book still open for lots and lots of people because there's lots and lots and lots of fat people or fat adjacent or people who are adjacent to fat people who don't know about fat positivity yet don't believe in it and okay so i'm just reading this little quote this is from page 176 of the uncorrected advanced proof so who knows what page it'll actually be (laughs) (laughs) okay so in this point, Cindy is – so Prince Charming's mom is like a fashion person and has a line of clothes, and it, she's about to meet the mom. I love the world of fashion, but the idea that it's this mystical thing only meant for a select few is bullshit. And Lucy McKenzie, a department store staple, Prince Charming's mom, should know that better than anyone else. 
Yes, clothes can be art, but they're also a necessity. So many people in this industry act like clothing is for everyone, but fashion is only for a select few. The truth, though, is that clothing is fashion and fashion should be for everyone because clothing should be for everyone. And clothing for everyone is a first small step to equality for everyone. Getting opportunities and access is a whole hell of a lot easier when you look the part. So I love that little... Yay. Just putting in a little, I just know. putting in a little politics there. I hate, I hate food analogies, but like my, I'm, such a big goal of mine is to always just like quietly serve people their vegetables. You know what I mean? Like I'll give yes. you like a gushy love story, but also I want to, I want you to start treating the fat people in your life with a little bit more kindness exactly. and care. I love it. It's so fun. It's so light. It's so, it's just very fun and like very. We don't get many many fluffy fat books. We just don't. Yeah. So I love it. Yay. So since this is the last season of SAF, this is our yeah. last our last technical Julie Murphy episode, which is wild because we've had you on like almost every season, I think. I think. So. Can you just remind the family if there's any other things in store for you in the future or how to follow along with you in the future. Yeah, you can find me on most social media at and I'm Julie on Twitter, Instagram, I and I'm Julie Zero on on TikTok <laughs> because someone took my TikTok name before I could. Oh my god. I know, rude. I've got the next faith book coming out in November. I have exciting a really fun this is a this is a fat Molly secret, so please don't post this on the internet, fat Molly. But I have a fun raunchy book coming out next year, <gasps> so that'll be a lot of fun. But this is one of like, I feel like there's a lot of things that I dread in my like publicity calendar, but being on She's All Fat is never one of those things. It's just I'm so glad it's just fat Molly and home, and like it's like. I'm constantly worrying about like stumbling over myself or saying the wrong things or making sure that like the way I talk about fatness is accessible, but like, this is not the place I have to do that, which That's is very so true. special to me. And I just, I'm been a, been a Patreon member since the beginning and I am so <laughs> grateful for my community and my little Facebook group and shout out to you all. I really, I love this little community you've built. Thank you. That means a lot to me. I also love this community and I love this community loves you. I gotta say that a lot of people love Julie Murphy. So I hope you feel that in the family that you feel that love. We're honored to have you as a friend of the pod. And I'm honored to have had you on the pod so much. And I think that's it. Bye, family. Bye. And that's the episode. Remember that we have a voicemail box at 213-375-5023. And we want to hear from you. You can call in with questions, concerns, and book recs. And we might even play your message on the pod. Those Apple podcast reviews are piling up. And each one brings us closer to new and noteworthy. Uh-huh. If you want to leave a legacy of reviews for me to cry over on the toilet long after SAFNs, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. As always, shout out to our patrons. Thank you to Rachel Van Amberg, Alyssa GB, Rebecca Calgariesque, Allison McCarty, Christine Phipps, Elizabeth Morant, Hannah Dent, Kimberly Wagen, Jane Luchter, and Kaneva. We couldn't make the show without you. She's All Fat was created by me, 
Sophie Carter-Kahn, and April K. Quio, who graduated. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show so we can grow the family. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions at fyi at she'sallfatpod.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 213-375-5023 and we might even play it on the pod. Our episode ads are done in partnership with Acast. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, you can get started at acast.com. Our theme music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish, and our logo is by Hannah Sanger. Lynn Barbera co-produced and edited this episode. Yelly Cruz is our magical junior producer. Our thin crony forever is Maria Vertel. I'm our host and co-producer. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Stay safe. We love you. 